you're listening to the Loving BDSM podcast. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the. Are you caffeinated enough yet, John yes. Brownstone? Good. Yes. Good. I'm glad. I am. You're so caffeinated, you've moved on to decaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing so to do much with for that. what we're talking about uh, this <laughs> week. This week, we're answering a two part question on how to get more kinky play in without having to necessarily plan every detail. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If you're new here, we help kinksters like you have happy, healthy power exchange relationships. You can add this podcast to your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We think you should. (laughs) And if you'd like us to answer your questions in an upcoming episode, we have a contact page called Ask Your Questions on our website, lovingbdsm.net, and in the show notes for this episode, which is also at lovingbdsm.net. We are nothing (laughs) if not consistent. Right. Okay, let's get into the question. Okay, here we go. How do you make space for BDSM play? Me and my sub have a 24-7 service-oriented DS relationship. We like several more play-based BDSM activities, but we don't do them as often as we want. I feel easily forced when we plan play, even if I plan it myself. But spontaneous play also doesn't seem to happen as often as we want. There's also the factor of sexual tension that stops me from doing play. I don't want it to end up with sex all the time, but I feel very forced that way when boners are present. (laughs) I don't really know how to get away from this connection in my head, even though my sub just says to ignore the boner. I'll be honest, that would have been my first piece of advice. And mine too. But if that doesn't work, it it doesn't work. (laughs) um, That's just a physical reaction. Right. You know, does not always does not always mean you have to act upon that physical reaction. Right. So, but let's start with the first yeah. part of the question, mm-hmm. which don't like to plan it. It makes them feel forced, but yeah. spontaneous doesn't isn't... happen all the time either. Right. So, what are um, your thoughts? I mean, I'm kind of <laughs> going to say it, but you know, you may have to if if spontaneous is not happening the way as the way you want it to, and as much as you want it to. Um, you may kind of have to bite the bullet on the planning. You know, when we first got to a point in our relationship that we kind of had to plan, I didn't like it either. Mm, I didn't know that. I I was not very fond of it either. But when I realized, when I, I got to the point that I realized, you know, hey, this is allowing us to have some playtime. Right. You know, I, I kind of got over that. Mm-hmm. And I started looking as, at it as something to anticipate and something to look forward to. Right. Was But that was after you had gone through that discomfort of, I don't like this. Right. But I'm doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you have the experience of, okay, I like this. And then you started looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Because kind of, I mean, really, it was it was sort of the same thing for us. You know, in the beginning, things were very spontaneous with us. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. They mm-hmm. were spontaneous in that when we were together, like anything that we might have talked about just could happen. Right. But we had planned the fact that we would be together at all. So then that allowed for the spontaneity. And that is actually where my mind went when I read this question initially, mm-hmm. which is instead of planning the scene and it you feeling forced in that moment and i have a thought specifically to that but i'll okay. get to that in a second but instead of planning the scene can you just 
schedule the time when you know something could happen. Mm. It's mm-hmm. time in your week, your month, whatever your sort of schedule works out that you know something could happen, but you don't know what it is until you get mm-hmm. there. So that the what you do even if you is sk- more spontaneous. You, and that, that's a good point. I, I like that. I mean, even if you s- schedule it as open time. Right. You know you'll come together mm-hmm. for something. Right. But that something gets to be decided in the moment uh, or however your spontaneous play mm-hmm. usually kind of gets decided. Mm-hmm. That way you're not choreographing a scene and you don't feel like you then have to maybe follow a script or do something that doesn't feel organic. But you've set the, the time aside and you know that whatever yeah. happens will happen. And it's a, it's a little bit of a mind fuck and it's not always easy to mind fuck yourself. Um, I am easily mind fucked by others, but my logical brain will try to kick in and go, but but you know what this is. So there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief, almost like when you read fiction, you kind of have to go, sure, my logical brain could analyze this to death, but we're just gonna go with this. There's a little bit maybe of that. And I think just like you, not liking to plan play and then experience it mm-hmm. and realizing the value of it. You had to learn it. I think you yeah. would still have to learn. This is not a, a planned scene. This is just, I'm. it's just open time for whatever happens. And yes, I know that a scene might happen and probably right. will. That's the point. Anything you can do to distance yourself from the actual planning of it until you're in the moment. But just if, if for people who do not have the time plan. for spontaneous and I understand plan. what you're saying. You've gotta plan the time, but not the moment. Yes, that's thank you. You thankfully you do concise better than I do. <laughs> now I did have a thought, and I don't have any expertise on this. I'm mm-hmm. gonna throw this idea out there for this person and okay. anybody else who may relate as something to go research for yourself and see what experts say about this and what your options might be. But while I was reading the question of they don't like anything to feel forced, even mm-hmm. when they're the ones like planning it. Right. Uh, the thing that came to mind was something called demand avoidance. Now, the official term is called pathological demand avoidance. Mm-hmm. That is something that occurs in neurodivergent people, typically people with autism or ADHD, ah. where if they are told to do something, they're going to dig if, their heels in more and not want to do it. Even if it's something that they want to do, they they don't immediately don't want to do it, right? Yeah. And I am not saying that this is what this person has, but that idea of this is a thing I want to do and I definitely want to do it, but something about the planning makes me feel forced and now I don't want to do it. That was, that's, I'm throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're neurodivergent or not. That's none of my business. But if that resonates in any way, might be worth a Google. <laughs> to learn what it is and if there are any tips, tricks, coping skills that can help navigate. I would say, Mm -hmm. even if you are not neurodivergent and would not have, you know, be, I don't know if it's a diagnosis that you can get. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert, but if that would not be a a thing you could like say that you have, like pathological demand avoidance. I would say even if you relate to what that is a little bit and there are coping strategies out there, like neurotypical people can absolutely benefit from the things that help neurodivergent people Mm -hmm. as well. So if it resonates, just do a Google, see if whatever's out there can help in that. I I put it out there because it's something that I've spent time learning because of our 
the neurodivergency of our kids. And yes, yeah. they are those people that you're like, mm-hmm. do the thing. And they're like, now I never want to do the thing again. Yeah. And so I've had to learn a little bit about that to try and navigate that. And, as a and I've, I've learned that so, too, dealing with, with the youngest, because, you know, it used to be, it's like, you need to get your laundry started. Right. You know, and now it's like, don't forget at some point to do your There's laundry. There's a rewording of yes. it. So it's like, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you, I'm just well, reminding you that it's a thing. Right. right? So, and maybe this, the scheduling time that you know is just open time for the scene to happen and letting the scene itself be spontaneous. If that works, go for it. If that still doesn't resonate, but the demand avoidance thing does, just I'm just throwing it out there as a thing that I know enough about to be dangerous. So can't, can't call myself an expert, but it mm-hmm. might be a thing. Now, the other part of the question was about the sexual tension stopping them mm. from um, engaging in play. Right. And I wonder if that goes back to a little bit of not feeling forced. I'm not saying that in a non-consensual way, but feeling like there's an expectation of, oh, now I'm aroused, my partner's aroused, because we have to X, do something Because X, it. now Y. Right, yeah. exactly. And so that that's the second part of this question. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me. I would not at all say that I have any like easy answers that come to mind. I do have a thought, but what are your thoughts on that part? See, I don't know. I, I'm I'm maybe a little different because in that aspect, because while there are many times that we play mm-hmm. and my body reacts to the play. And my body reacts to the yeah, play. You know, I'm like, no, this is not the time for this, you know, where. This isn't the direction you this, want that scene this to go This is not in. the direction I wanted to go. And I, and it, I just don't do it right just sort of stop yourself and you know i mean even times when we have played at the clubs Mm -hmm. here in florida you know you can play at the clubs but sexual contact of any kind is not allowed because of the the laws in florida right yeah yeah. you know like no penetration no getting anything wet no like eh, not allowed you know especially when we played at the club because our play can be so intense when we're there you know yeah body's like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I, I can't do anything with it. Right. And at that point, you're just not even allowed. Allowed to, yeah. So that's almost like public play has helped you in reinforce the skill of mm-hmm. just because just cause there's a boner doesn't mean I have to do anything yeah. about it. Right. Right. And I mean, there there are times, you know, let's face it, we, our lives are so busy. You know, there are times when, you know, there is just enough time to sneak in a, a, a spanking Right, there wouldn't you know, be see, time for and and there is no else. time for anything else beyond that, you know. Right, and and that is another thing for us that has worked to, you know. I know early days um, <coughs> as a submissive, I for me kink and sex were intertwined irrevocably. Mm-hmm. Like if if we were getting kinky, we were getting sexy times, and it was a, they went together. Yeah. Even though eventually, as I learned more, I understood that they don't have to. Right. Now, I've had enough experience where, yeah, it's kind of a choice. Are we getting kinky or are we mm-hmm. having sex? Um, that That's a very easy disconnect for my brain to go, okay, yeah, we got kinky doesn't doesn't automatically, doesn't matter how erotic the moment might have been for either one of us or, right. you know, our arousal level. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing and, and that's yeah. fine. But that was a thing I had to experience often enough that it's just i often don't even i'm surprised when there's sex in a scene towards Mm -hmm. usually towards the end of a scene because that's typically those two things have 
recently over the past few years have been kept I mean, separate, kept separate. Yeah. because we've got enough experience of them being separate that they're in my mind they're just separate yeah. things now i mean but that takes time i mean for me and it's been a long time that i I've, I've held this this train of thought you know just because my body becomes aroused does not mean i need to act on it right right okay you know um it's it's a physical reaction but it does not mean that you know i have to i saying i may be aroused you're not right you know that's true i'm, I'm not gonna make you just because i am right <laughs> okay you know and we say that as people who engage in free use kind of play right. like we have that as part mm -hmm. of our dynamic but that is still with the understanding that if i'm nowhere near that moment you will not necessarily right do anything about mm -hmm. it and that's the thing that comes to my mind though and i and maybe it's a time and experience thing and maybe it's a mindset thing reading the question my thought was okay so what what makes you feel that you have to act on sexual arousal if the sexual arousal exists mm -hmm. in the moment what is it past experience uh you know the way we're socialized in our cultures you know mm -hmm. what is it to, uh, my my recommendation would be to look within and go what is it that makes me feel like i gotta do something and can't just ignore the boner and it could be just that there you might be a person who's sort of the things you've been around the things you've seen the media you've consumed whatever whatever has quote taught you that see boner fix boner you know what i mean like yeah. once you get aroused you do something about that and that might be a bit of introspection to do your own mindset shift um of you know figuring out and coming to terms with and going through the experience of i'm ignoring the arousal because that's not actually what we're here to do and i think that might be one of those things where you have to fulfill that like go through the ignore the boners moment mm -hmm. enough times that that starts to feel more normal air quote that um so that you can make that connection in your head like if all of your experiences tell you see boner do something about the boner then you have um taught yourself you've made those neural connections of that's what you do and you're it's like a new habit to create mm -hmm. for yourself. And then I go back to that, that forced feeling that is mentioned a couple times in this question of, okay, where does that feeling come from? Is that part of neurodivergency? Is that part of something mm -hmm. else? Are there coping mechanisms out there that can help you shift that part of the mindset as well? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is a cut and dried kind of situation. There's no, no here's this checklist, follow this, it'll fix everything mm -hmm. for you. That's just, that's not how life works, y'all. Right. <laughs> would be Man, nice. If we could create those checklists for kinksters, we'd be rich. <laughs> they don't work that way. It's mm -mm. all trial and error. And yeah. start with what feels right to you based on mm -hmm. anything we've said or anything other people may be advised. Yeah. And go down I mean, that you're, path you're, first. You're going to you're, you're gonna have to try mm -hmm. several different things mm -hmm. um, to find what works for you. Absolutely. So to recap, on the first question about play, schedule the time not the scene mm -hmm. let the scene be spontaneous but book the time block it off so you know that's our time try that if that works for you on the sex thing part of it is just feel uncomfortable 
ignoring the boner to have the experience of ignoring mm-hmm. the boner. Uh, I feel like I need to put that on a shirt now. Ignore the boner. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I really do. I think that's a very concise way of right? saying it. Um, and then maybe if it speaks to you, think about why you think you're supposed to respond to the sexual arousal, even when you're, that's not what you want to do. If that's what you want to do and you know, consenting partners and all that, definitely go for it. But if there's something that's making you feel like you have to, that is probably worthy of some introspection. And then if the whole idea of demand avoidance speaks to you in any mm-hmm. way, I'm just gonna say, give it a Google. That's, that's the only thing I could say about that mm-hmm. and see what you can learn and how that resonates with you. Thanks for listening to this week's Q&A episode. If you want us to answer one of your questions, just use the contact page on our website at lovingbdsm.net, or you can find the link in the show notes. Big thanks as always to our kinky community over on Patreon. We're able to do this podcast and keep it going and help kinksters due to your support. If you'd like to be part of our community and get access to extra content and a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kinksters, you can do that. Just join us at patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash or use the link in the show notes.